the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The views and opinions expressed by Rob Black and his guests are not necessarily those of KDOW or its management owners or advertisers and should not be construed as legal tax or investment advice. Always consult with the appropriate advisor before making any investment or financial planning decision. I'm Rob Black talking all things financial money, investing, and more. Welcome into the Rob Black and Your Money Show. Live and in person, live from the downtown studios of Fremont, California. Not quite, not quite, but in that vein, I grew up loving radio and I still do. Maybe I will be the last DJ, as Tom Petty once said, when it comes to financial media. That makes sense. I was one of the very first ones in on a national level. Maybe I'll be one of the last ones out to turn on the lights on my way out turn over the platform officially to Spotify and Apple one day and say, AM radio is dead. FM radio is close behind. Please turn off the lights on your way out. I love AM radio and I hope you do support it because I think it's great for local communities. Uh, when COVID-19 is over, it'll be local radio leading the charge and local TV leading the charge to get us back to where we were. Otherwise, we're just going to be a bunch of cheesecake factories and wing stops. What do we have as far as market stories go today? We have some good ones. First and foremost, welcome to February. As Mr. Rourke once said, welcome to Fancy Island. Not quite, but in the same vein. Are you with me, against me? You got to pick a side because this is ultimately a civil war. January's done. It's finished. It's finito. It's it's turned the page. February got off to a good start for the stock market yesterday. And it keeps on running. Kind of like a Greg Evigan, BJ and the Bears TV show, 1980 soundtrack. We got a long way to go and a big old truck to take us there. And Wall Street is off and running on a February. Game stock has gone from game stonk to game stink. Down 30% yesterday, down 43% today. And I say, woo. I started to get nervous that everything that I know and loved about Wall Street was broken. AMC Entertainment was flat yesterday, but closed 22% below its session high. So it opened up delirious and it did in reality. Um, be careful when momentum ends, it it comes crashing down as John Cougar Mellencamp, which John Cougar do you like? Do you like Johnny Cougar and the cats? Do you like John Cougar? Do you like John Mellencamp, John Cougar Mellencamp, which version do you like? You have to choose one. Once said when the walls come tumbling down and little pink houses, which I don't know much about much, but let's just say I've never owned a pink house in the country. But maybe I will 
with the pandemic being what the pandemic is, right? The UPS, the United Parcel Service, ExxonMobil, Eaton, McKesson, all surpassed earnings per share estimates, reminding us yet again that this is BS. It's bull poopy. As Colonel Morgan once said, bull hockey. Bull pucky, bull hockey, whatever. Um, ExxonMobil stinks. It should stink, but they beat earnings expectations. That sounds like a good thing, but they were managed lower. And then magically they beat them. So they lowered them aggressively throughout the year, then aggressively throughout the months, then aggressively throughout the weeks. And then somehow magically they beat it. Ta-da! And we forgot all the lowering. No, we didn't. Some people did. I like UPS. I think that's a good story. That's a play on Christmas holiday, shipping, death of malls, McCassin, a big healthcare conglomerate. Um, I'm fine with McCassin. I've owned it, McCassin in the past. It's one of the very first stocks I owned 25 years ago today. It was a dark and stormy night. For some reason, I wanted to own a company called HBO and Company, HBOC. They were a healthcare company. They weren't the Sex in the City company. They weren't the, no, no, not them. HBO was, I don't even know what it stood for. But I remember I bought $1,600. It was one of my first three investments ever. And it worked out. I sold it for like $2,100. But long story short, it went much higher after I sold it and was acquired by McKesson. At one point in time, McKesson was known as McKesson HBO, but they dropped the HBO. And again, just kind of remind me that I've been at this for a while. Pfizer fabricates pharmaceuticals. That's a lot of PFs. <laughs> they fell short of expectations, but their guidance exceeded expectations. Speaking of guidance, Pfizer, aren't you the guys who are making money off the vaccine? Didn't you invent this vaccine in Wuhan? Isn't that the conspiracy theory du jour? Pfizer expects to make about 15 billion in vaccine doses this year. Company also raised its full year's earning guidance between 310 and 320, citing additional refinements of its vaccine revenue forecast, of which we now know there's a South African strain and a European strain. Good golly, Miss Molly, we got to get vaccinated for them all. Maybe, kind of, sort of, we don't know, probably, likely booster shots. Who's going to make those? Pfizer? Conspiracy theory. Ding, 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 ding. I figured that one out, right? Except for wrong, because I don't really believe in conspiracy theories, except for Bigfoot Israel. I've seen him on the beaches of Jersey before. He's very big man with lots of hair on back. So, COVID's helping Pfizer. And I, I say, bully and good for you. You've pulled together a technology, RNA drug development that is a breakthrough. Our pharmaceutical companies have built science on molecular science. And it's very good science. You take an aspirin, a couple hours later, you're okay. We looked at the molecular compounds and we've tested them through time. We know which ones grow like extra babies in our body or which one grow extra heads on babies in our body and which one grow, like we know which one can grow hair, which one can grow hair with high blood pressure, which one can grow hair without high blood pressure. We know the molecular makeup of many, many, many drugs on the planet. 
but then we got into the genetics, the DNA type of let's come up with drugs that attack the DNA or, or respond to the DNA or help the DNA. And somewhere in between the two molecular and DNA genetic science is the RNA when we're boosting a protein inside your body that kind of sort of looks like the same kind of protein that's attacking your body, except for it's not a protein that's attacking your body. The protein is your immune response to said virus. And it looks a lot like virus, but is not said virus. You cannot get virus from said shot. But yet Pfizer's still dealing with a large amount of people who won't get shot because of, I might have babies one day and they might turn into aliens. Or, I don't know, I don't want to be the first one tested, even though 5 million doses have already gone in people's arms. And by the time you get it, 10 million, 20 million, 30 million, 40 million, 50 million. But I get it, err on the side of caution. Pfizer expects to sell about 15 billion in COVID vaccine doses this year. Very interesting. A little Johnny Cougar and the cats? No, John Cougar, Mellencamp. I think that's the one that worked for me the best. John Mellencamp sounds too serious. I'm Rob Black talking all things financial. Find the link to the other version of the podcast by going to Rob Black's Twitter. His handle is at Rob Black Show. Listen to Rob Black and Your Money weekday mornings, 7 to 9 on AM 1220 KDOW. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial, money, investing, and more. Find me online at robblackshow.com. Uber is going to acquire alcohol delivery startup Drizzly for $1.1 billion. I remember where I was the very first time I ordered an Uber. Do you? I probably ordered a Lyft because I thought they were the softer, kinder, gentler Uber. I had heard stories. I'd heard stories that when you get in an Uber or a Lyft, they were trying to recruit you to be a driver. And in the city of a San Francisco, in a big city like New York, Chicago, L.A., it was great to grab an Uber on a date night or a dinner night or a restaurant night when you didn't want to worry about driving three miles across town, worried about parking, worried about your car getting stolen, worried about your car getting broken into. So we all have been in Ubers and Lyfts that first time where we're like, ooh, maybe you were at an airport where you didn't get a rental car. You didn't have to get in the shuttle bus, go to the rental car, stand in line. Everyone moves in slow mo. Do you want rental insurance? You yell at the person in front of you. You knew the rental insurance question was coming. Why couldn't you have an answer ready? And you're ready to get on with your vacation. The person in front of you is flip-flopping on rental insurance on a used on a rental car. And you're like going insane. But the people who are in Ubers and Lyfts are already back at their hotel and unwinding and relaxing because, well, they didn't make the poor decision of getting a rental car. So Uber is going after an alcohol delivery company. And I say, that makes sense. Uber also acquired Postmates in June, but let's not go that far first. Let's talk about this, the Uber of alcohol delivery, a company called Drizzly. First and foremost, we all know where we were when we had our first White Claw or our first hard seltzer experience. And we're like, huh, this tastes a little bit like Sprite and, well, vodka. But I like the Sprite version of it. Not the straight up 
vodka straight up version. So I'm not going to even get into the Trulies. I'm going to get into the Drizzlies in this topic. $1.1 billion. It's a lot of do re me that Uber's spending on them, but they need to, they want to, and they see the idea behind it. Right now, we're not getting into gig economy kind of ride shares. We're not even driving right now. My truck has gotten like no miles on it in 20, in 12 months. I was going to say 20 months, but that's, that makes sound like I'm exaggerating. I wanted to say it's gotten 20 months of driving. No, no, it's gotten one month of driving over 20 months. That's what I wanted to say. I've been treating it gentle, so I don't need an Uber or Lyft. I got a vehicle that's sitting in the driveway aging beautifully. Not a lot of miles in the past year. But Drizzly's been called the Uber for alcohol delivery, and you had me right there. I'm not a big alcohol drinker. In fact, I haven't had a drink in quite a while. But the idea of drinking and driving is a no-no. In your 20s, you make mistakes. Maybe you're like, okay, I'm in a little over my head. What do we do now? Maybe call a cab. Maybe you sober up. But now you can have alcohol brought to you? Holy mackerel. And you have Tesla cars that can drive for you? It is kind of glass water with a lot of yeast in it and wheat. Last year, Uber acquired food and grocery delivery startup Postmates for $2.6 billion. Okay, okay. This is where it's kind of getting kind of interesting. Now, I don't know the difference between Postmates and Instacart and anyone who brings me anything. I can close my eyes and I can't tell you if it's Uber Eats, if it's DoorDash, if it's Grubhub, or any of the other ones. But when it comes to Uber for alcohol, Drizzly is the end-all, be-all. They are all that in a bucket of chicken. Um, it brings up the question, like, how do you know this, Rob? <laughs> I've heard. Uber was reportedly in talks to buy Grubhub for $7.3 billion in June, but lost out to just eat takeaway. In the end, the United States Congress has looked at some of these and said, we don't want you to be too powerful. But since no one else is doing alcohol delivery, why not? That's where it becomes kind of interesting. Drizzly has been called the Uber for alcohol delivery, which I want a Drizzly Cooley. I know you're saying, I like Coolies for water and, and soft drinks. I don't necessarily have to have it for a beer. Drizzly has been known as an alcohol delivery service. Since 2012, the aha moment for Drizzly came when COO and co-founder Corey, 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 who names their kid Corey? They were still ordering from distributors through the phone. There was a big gap in technology in the industry. On-demand delivery seemed like the way in for businesses and then, ta-da, individuals. Drizzly is evolving from an on-demand startup to a tech startup to all things Uber. Let shoppers get beer and alcohol delivered to them in the best possible shopping experience on the planet. And again, we don't have to deal with COVID people and people behind the counter and people that like pull out cash. Like, why are you pulling out cash in a pandemic? Yes, I'm that guy who screams at people too deep at a cash line. Or in a line like, why are you pulling out cash in a credit card only line? 
And then I'll look at my partner. I'll go, geez, some people. Drizzly's raised over 33 million in six rounds to date. So looking under the hood of the company, it was a tech company. And Uber doesn't have to do that much. So they're going to keep Drizzly separate, but also integrate into Uber Eats. I know. I know you're saying it can't be that big of a deal, Rob, that you're comparing it to the man landing on the moon. Yes, it can. It's a big deal. It's a disruptor. I never have to leave my house anymore. Amazon will bring me painkillers and pills to fix my liver. Uber will bring me alcohol to destroy my liver. I can have Uber come on Tuesdays. I can have, you see what I'm saying? I love Jeff Bezos, by the way. Him and his big bald head. My mom said something that made me feel really uncomfortable as a kid. Are you ready for uncomfortable Rob childhood? She said, and I'm like maybe seven or eight. I had massive insomnia as a child. So sometimes I'd find myself watching TV with my parents and they'd watch the 10 o'clock shows. And the 10 o'clock show, Telly Savalas is Kojak. Kojak? He was a lollipop chewing private detective kind of figure television. You can't make TV this bad. He was cool before there was cool. Right? Are you with me or against me? And my mom says to me, she goes, I like Telly Savalas. I like sexy. I like bald men. Bald men are sexy. And I never slept again. But I do like Jeff Bezos. And I do like what Uber's doing with Drizzly. It makes sense. It may not be your thing. It may be a sin. I get it. But it makes business sense. And I, I applaud Uber for doing it. Real big fish. Song is beer. I'm Rob Black. Find the link to the other version of the podcast by going to Rob Black's Twitter. His handle is at Rob Black Show. Listen to Rob Black and Your Money weekday mornings, 7 to 9 on AM 1220 KDOW. I get compliance training on a regular basis. I'm not allowed to pump and dump. I'm not allowed to hype. I'm not allowed to front run. Even a company like Acorns, where it seems like it's pretty innocent. Start an account, let a little acorn grow into a big, is it an oak tree? I don't know my botany very well. Um... Thank you. Thank you. I'll take Acorn Trivia for 100. Alex. Oh, Alex is dead. Too soon. Too soon. So anyway, um, Acorns is considered like, brrr, that too can get you in trouble. And I'm like, really? I'm like, just, it's an app that I kind of want to talk to people about because it's a good way of starting. It's not going to you know, cause a lot of skin off their back. They're not going to get in trouble. But compliance wants you to make sure that you dot your I's and slash your T's and don't get people in trouble. That's why I don't talk a lot about Robin Hood. That's where people are going to get into trouble. When you start buying and selling stock as if it's a game, it's called gamification. I enjoy the end of, what is that? Uh, jewel game or 
you name the game. Maybe you're playing who wants to be a millionaire on your phone or price is right on your phone or something. And you're like, ding, 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 you win. And you're like, woohoo! But it's not real money. It's just, it's just phone money and it's not real. And you're like, oh, that's a little bit of a letdown. But you get that kind of same surge of energy when you start talking about shares of Robinhood and like buying and selling stock quickly and making a trade at lunchtime and being done before the bill even comes. So Robinhood is in a interesting situation. They are benefiting from a short squeeze. A lot of people have signed up for Robinhood. They've never heard about it. They hear about it and they go, that's kind of interesting. You can buy and sell stocks through a bank account. There's, you know, it's not the typical brokerage. Uh, hallowed halls of New York City that are marble and lined in gold. It's just an app on your phone. Sweet. So Robinhood's out there. And to me, it, it can get people into trouble because it feels too simple, too easy to buy and sell. It makes you feel high. You get a little bit of a buzz out of it. It's a little bit titillating, so to speak, when you can open up your phone and, and open up a Naira Betts and you can bet on a horse race that's 3,000 miles away. And if you hit, you win. And if you win, you get cash. And if you get cash and cash out, you're the winner, winner, chicken dinner. What most of those horse betting apps and gambling apps don't tell you is that there's a massive fee to fund it. Imagine going to your ATM and spending 20 bucks, but you have to spend 10 bucks to get 20 bucks. You're like, that's too much. I'm just going to wait till the next day and go to the bank and get it from the teller. That's what happens with online horse racing, online betting. That's one of the reasons I like DraftKings is that most people won't ever take money out of their account because it's so expensive to put in and take out that most people will fund account, gamble with it, keep it in there. When they do win, they'll keep it in there and eventually lose it. I know you're saying that's evil, Rob. I know. I think that's the way the business runs. But Ja Rule was on CNBC yesterday talking about Robin Hood, and it instantly made me think, who the hell's Ja Rule? And why is he talking about Robin Hood? I'm like, I know he's a singer, and I know he was tied towards that fire uh, palooza thing that ripped people off. So he, he must appeal to the younger people on some level. But the Reddit sparked a frenzy that was Robin Hood and GameStop. Ja Rule got on CNBC to discuss it. And I'm like, again, who's Ja Rule? Every now and then I'm like, why is Gronkowski talking about saving and investing on CNBC? Why is Ja Rule talking about anything on CNBC? CNBC should be a bullet shot into money and investing and not necessarily hip-hop and rap and, and Grammy Awards. There's some people that have made money on these stocks, of course, but be very careful, says the Grammy-nominated artist who has invested through Robin Hood since 2014. Essentially, since he was a baby. I've known Ja Rule. No, no, no. I've known Robin Hood since 2014 because I saw them speak at a conference. And I was fascinated with by how pimply they were. When I say pimply, they were still in college. Still at Stanford, but they're getting the uh, venture capital money. I'm like, uh, I, I told uh, the woman who attended the conference with me, who happened to be young and beautiful, I said, you should go meet those guys. They're going to be billionaires in five years. And I was joking, of course. But now she's in love with a billion. No, um, that's not how it played out. But that's the idea. 
the stock market is a very fun place for young millennials, and that is a problem for me. It's not supposed to be fun. It, it's not. Now, again, I know that going to the gym can be fun for some people and getting a great body is, 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 is you're happy and you're fun and you're, and you're loving life. But for me, going to the gym sucks. And that's the way I equate it going to work on Wall Street. It sucks. There's a lot of great stories and, and in the end you look good, but it sucks. Shares of GameStop, AMC, and a few other companies have spiked since getting the love of Reddit's Wall Street bets mixed with kind of that mentality of free trades. Other than the cash you're putting in, there ain't no risk to you. So we can try to save or revive or screw Wall Street by picking up AMC and Robinhood, companies that Wall Street tends not to respect because their business model. Let's thumb our nose at Wall Street and say, we respect them and we'll buy them, even though you tell us not to. It's too much for me. And if what's good enough for Ja Rule is good enough for me. I know you're saying that's your bumper sticker. Yes, that's my bumper sticker of the day. If it's good enough for Ja Rule, it's good enough for me. There's always been some people that have made more money on those stocks, of course, but be very careful, as Ja Rule once said. Yeah. 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. I tend not to go for the momentum stocks. You can't. Don't ask me to. Don't be mad at me if I don't. I'm kicking your butt in trend investing and long-term investing. You may kick my butt in momentum. I'm good with that. What are all the trends out there? America loves housing. So there's housing stocks. America loves clean energy. That's a trend. Coal bad. Oil bad. Clean energy good. Remote work is a trend. Williams Sonoma has gotten many dollars, as has Zoom Video. Wayfair, Logitech, and Ring Central have all done well as we're working from home. I've got a business line tied to Ring Central now, and I'm like, I would never. And now I do. In my housing trends, it could be Lennar, Pulte Group, DR Horton. I can't think of too many other home builders. I can think of eight. So if I had an eight fingered hand, I can count on one, one hand how many home builders there are playing in the housing segment. But I'm going to pick the top three, Lennar, Pulte, and DR Horton. But also in housing, I could say if I don't want to go that way, I can go Trex. Trex makes that, that wood composite looking thing that's really not. You could put pounds of snow on it, pounds of rain on it, and it doesn't buckle or change. Or I can go Home Depot or Lowe's if I'm thinking about home improvement. Another trend that is my friend, healthcare, as America gets older. As the world gets older, healthcare seems to be more and more expensive and out of the reach of people. So companies like Eli Lilly, Pfizer, Merck, Teladoc, Thermo Fisher, Donaher, all part of that trend. There's something called FinTech, which is kind of the digital age or the information age meets the banking brick and mortar age. And in FinTech, you have to look at a firm, Square, PayPal, the company that is SoFi, a company called IPOE, or Intuit. Maybe you're looking at potentially a Venmo or question marks. Other trends that I like, China. 
Why do I like China? Billions and billions of people. Why do I dislike China? Communism. I got to marry those two because even a communist China could buy an Apple phone or a Starbucks latte or Nike running shoes. And what Russia was to blue jeans in the 1980s and Perestroika and Glasnost and Billy Joe. We love Billy Joe. Billy Joe, American and awesome. I know you're saying that's the worst Russian accent I've ever heard. Yes, it is. But China's getting a little bit of that we love America thing going on. 5G. Who doesn't want a faster phone? The names like Corvo and Qualcomm, Apple and Skyworks. Backdoor plays like Marvel and Broadcom. Maybe a T-Mobile if you're looking for growth that Verizon and AT&T can't provide because they're too big. Maybe you're looking at NXP semiconductors or Crown Castle, which does radio towers. I'm more of a trend investor for the long term, maybe even medium term, than a momentum investor like a GameStop. I like the reopening trade of Disney, Boeing, and Honeywell. Maybe a live nation if I want to get a little goofy. But I would prefer you could write down 5, 10, 15, 20 trends and and think about that first. Come up with a menu. E-commerce not going away. I hate cash. Cash is filthy. So I like Shopify and Target and Microsoft, Adobe, Salesforce, Facebook, Alphabet, Etsy, Amazon, FedEx, UPS. Little glass nos taking us to break. Comrade. Find the link to the other version of the podcast by going to Rob Black's Twitter. His handle is at Rob Black Show. Listen to Rob Black and Your Money weekday mornings, 7 to 9 on AM 1220 KDOW. So let's try to wrap this up in a nice little bow. Market rally accelerating today. NASDAQ's up 4% this week. Monday and Tuesday are not in the books, but that's a pretty good week. Last week, the NASDAQ was down 3%. This week, it's up 4% just two sessions in. A little bit of the trading frenzy tied towards GameStop, AMC, and Silver is dead. GameStop is now down 50% in the last two sessions, more than 50%. um, After a big 400% rise last week. It ends badly, in my opinion, for GameStop, AMC, and Silver. But worse for GameStop and AMC because... Worse for GameStop. They were not in a good business plan area. And they're gonna they're they're still in that area. I bought a new video game called Medium. And I didn't go to GameStop to buy it. The last video game that I bought before that might have been a Call of Duty game, and I didn't go to GameStop to buy that. And on occasion, I may need new, a new Xbox controller or a microphone or a mouse. And I'm not going to GameStop to buy that. I'm going to Best Buy or getting it on Best Buy. I am not in the financial position of needing to trade in my discs and getting a new video game. So the whole trade-in market that GameStop has is lost on people like me, but not probably the whole world. I'm aware of that. Some people want to spend 60 bucks on a brand new game and get 20 bucks in return so they can go out and spend another 60 bucks on a new game and use part of that 20 bucks to offset that. I get it. 
but GameStop is struggling in the pandemic, in the time of malls, in time of digital distribution. Wall Street is saying that makes more sense to us than driving the stock up 400%. Cooler heads are prevailing, so to speak. Investors are also paying attention today to tonight. Amazon and Alphabet are going to report numbers. I like both companies for the long-term patient investor. Alphabet has more risk, in my opinion. Amazon's more of uh, an antitrust issue, but Google is more of a technology changes issue. And with Apple turning off the do not track feature on future apps, that hurts companies like Google, who willingly say, you want a free word processor, we'll give it to you in Google Docs. But we're going to track what you do when you're using it. And if you write an article on the joys of sex on the beach at midnight in Hawaii, suddenly you're going to be seeing ads to fly to Hawaii and contraceptives and having babies and adopting children. You're like, that's a bit much considering I was just using a word processor. But that's how Google and Facebook make money. They give you something you want for free and they track you. So that's going to be the Google's biggest problem in 2021, in my opinion. Google is also known as Alphabet. I hate the name Alphabet. Ugh, just go back to being called Google, please. Your Waymo, your, your moonshots not working out the way you want them to. Just go back to being called Google. But investors are also paying attention to Joe Biden, Joe Biden, Joe Biden and the Republican Party and Will there be compromise to the $1.9 trillion stimulus plan as Joe Biden is, is putting it out in media? He wants to build a consensus. He does not want to be Donald Trump and the Republicans push through things. He does not want to count on the Democrat Congress being his, well, we're just all going to vote Democrat. And that'll win the day for the $1.9 trillion stimulus. And the Republicans will, will frump and fret. He seems to be truly trying to get both sides of the aisle working together on some compromise or line item vetoes or I don't know. But Wall Street's paying attention to it. By user expects about 15 billion extra in 2021 sales from the COVID vaccine. Elon Musk has been put on hold from Twitter for a while. He has this nasty habit of tweeting about stocks and things that he likes, sometimes even incorrectly so. He tweeted, he tweeted, he tweeted about a company called Signal as a way of sending secure inst instant messages, how he liked the platform, and people instantly invest in Signal Advance, which has nothing to do with instant messaging, and push that stock up 7,000%. Whoops. Doggy coin, which was meant as a joke three or four years ago as a play on a digital currency. Someone invented a digital currency and named it Doggy after, guess what? His Doggy! So, Musk tweets about it, drives it up 18%. Tweets about GameStop and how it's hurting the, the, the losers, the uh, short sellers. Stock goes up 348%. Bitcoin up 17%. Now, you know who's going to notice this? the SEC and the regulators. It looks like he's manipulating stocks. And the reality is it's just millennials copying them. I get it. I get it. I'm good with it.
But at the same point in time, he needs to be cautious because he's a CEO of a big company. He's the richest man in the world. He doesn't need to be doing shenanigans like tweeting. In my opinion, and again, isn't it the beauty about America? We all have opinions. In my opinion, Trump should go away. In my opinion, Trump should stay on the national platform. In my opinion, we all have opinions. They're like buttholes, as they say. Everyone has one, right? And there's nothing pretty or attractive about buttholes. Back to it, back advance on Wall Street. Are you part of it? I am always invested. Sometimes I don't have enough bonds or income. Sometimes I don't have enough growth and too much cash. But I'm always invested because the market seems to find ways to move higher. And I'm pretty good with that. Taking a look at the markets today, there's been no looking back. Dow's up 500 points, up 1.7%. The Nasdaq's up 1.2%. Both are sitting at or near daily highs. Doesn't mean we end this way. But Wall Street seems to be shaking off the GameStop fuss from last week. I'm Rob Black.